0: It's a pretty common topic in technology circles these days to ask, what is a photo? With AI, computational photography, just outright opinions being expressed creatively at the device level, the answer to that question has never been more up for grabs. But in this week's episode, we're getting way down beneath that question to the types of photos taken far less often than the ones you're endlessly scrolling past on Instagram. Yep, I'm talking about photos taken with an actual purpose-built camera. No, not the camera on the back of your smartphone or the app on your lock screen, but the probably dusty hunk of metal, glass, and plastic taking up space in your shelf, assuming you've even owned one in the last decade. So, in true solid state fashion, we set out to get hands-on with a couple rather exceptional examples of these f-stop-laden gadgets to see what we might all be missing out on by relying too heavily on the camera you always have with you versus the one you should have brought all along. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce.
1: I'm Eric Sargent.
2: And I'm Cody Toscano.
0: And we're coming full circle this week to uh, a topic we spoke about. Oh, See, the problem is we don't always release in the order that we record. So I have a bad enough memory to begin with. So we're just going to go ahead and go with a couple months ago, because that's just vague enough. It's probably somewhere close. Um, Somewhere out there. Yeah, we did a rundown on just camera tech you know, some, and really that, you know, cameras have become, and really, have been a gadget longer than maybe the modern term of what we think of as gadgets, but especially yeah. today, I mean, they've got Bluetooth, they've got Wi-Fi. I mean, there's AI chips going into these things yep. at this point. I mean, yeah. and then heaven forbid we zoom out from actual pun intended um, zoom out from cameras <laughs> as a standalone device to the cameras in our smartphones. Okay. Now that's just a gadget within a gadget at that point. And yep. we could really at some point get into the conversation of what, what is a photograph anymore? Cause once upon a time, the, the intent of a photograph was to mo- as accurately as possible represent what was in front of the eyes of the person hitting the shutter button. You know what I mean? Like that was, mm-hmm. you know, they started as very, very poor representations because of the technology. And then really the technology got to the point where, okay, that is as pretty gosh darn close to what my eyeballs were seeing in that moment that now – on the smartphone side of the, off fence, the rails. we've gone the other <laughs> way with, we're now trying to improve upon yep. what, what like, and that I think is a philosophical debate at a certain level that we could probably spend too much time on about what is the intent of a photo? Is a photo supposed to represent what you were looking at or the best possible version of what you were looking at? And mm-hmm. I think if people really interrogated that, there would be a borderline
2: religious debate about which side it would of be. be I mean, no, that is on. a good conversation it's, for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, you're we have all these tools to make photos look really good and like at this point when you look at a photo you're that looks good you're like oh that's probably edited or that's probably photoshopped right like, is yeah thing.
0: is the assumption there's no way it looked like that and mm-hmm. like is that building a little bit of a i don't know are we becoming jaded towards what's in front of our own eyeballs because it's like yeah that looks really cool there's no way it looked like that like is that becoming the assumption when you see something or was it actually a talented photographer with great that knew what they were doing and took a wonderful photo like that's Hmm. that's a hard question to ask and answer anymore
1: and and that's the thing with with everything you're talking about with the software developments with the ai chips going in the cameras it's become the lines becoming more and more blurred you can't Mm -hmm. always tell was it talent or was it talent at Making it happen in the camera in the or moment, talent right. making it happen after you took the shot, which is two completely different talent sets, which a lot of people have both of. But, or what's I mean, in the that,
0: hands of a lot of people today, talent of the software engineers that handed someone a phone right. that says, here's oh, mass- algorithm's powerful here. <laughs> AI and computational photography to make a photo moments later that looks incredible. But I hate to say it looks nothing like what was in front of that sensor mm-hmm. when they pushed the button.
1: Right. And there's, you know, there's all people talk about it all the time. I, you know, I prefer the, the, uh, the color from a Sony camera. I prefer the color from a Canon camera and their color science is better. And because, Mm -hmm. you know, they have people tweaking the chips and how it processes the JPEGs when it takes it from the raw photos and, and, you know, go on and on and on about that. But I think to answer your previous question there about the religious debate, I think it would be because I think it's, it's a matter of intent. It's, There's people that go out there that are trying to take these photographs in the camera the way that, like you said, to document the moment as their eye sees it so you can see what they were seeing at that moment looking at the sunset or the person or whatever. And then there's other people who see the after edits as an art form and make surreal you know, the equivalent of like a dolly painting or something like that, you know, from their photographs that hmm. they take that are there's nothing artistic, like yes. what they were looking at, you know, so I, it's...
0: That, I'm glad you said that because I don't want it to be thought... And What I'm not saying, I don't want it to be heard as me saying that I do believe there is artistic expression in the post-production as well. Like what hmm. you do with the raw photo and then what the final product is, there's different phases of art taking place there. I, yep. Absolutely. meant was... In how many cases are we ceding that control to the AI or the, or the, or the computational photography that just decided yeah. this photo should, should be this warm, this depth of field should be that this is the object that should be in focus. I mean, there's, uh, this is, and believe it or not, listener, this is not what we actually came here you today, but in typical <laughs> us fashion, this is where we ended up um, yep. real quick on the smartphone side of things to you, Eric about like Sony color versus Canon color versus that, that exact Debate has translated directly into the smartphone realm because there are people who do nothing but talk about, I prefer the way a pixel phone handles a photo versus a Samsung phone versus an iPhone versus, you know, there Mm -hmm. are very, very, very. Specific and you used a great word there. Intentional decisions being made by the software engineers, and they collaborate with photographers. like I realize, there's a brain trust going on here, but there are very, very specific creative intentions being brought forward in how that photo is produced. Can you dive in there and tweak it, or can you go in and drop your phone into a raw, you know, photography mode? Yes, is any Joe consumer doing that? Absolutely not. So they just know they bought an iPhone 14 last week. They went on on family vacation this, this weekend, and every single photo they take is going to be stylized in the way that Apple's engineering department decided that photo should look. And I just think as a moment around photography, where we, as a people are producing more photos than I mean, by, by oh, orders of magnitude yeah. more mm-hmm. than ever mm-hmm. before. And then distributing those shots through social media orders of magnitude more than ever, ever before. I do think there is like a real conversation to be had there about what is that photo? What is it supposed to be and how much input out of the box should the person taking the photo have versus just, here's a phone. This is what we decided colors should look like. Go have fun. Oh,
1: yeah. And I'm not saying
0: that's even the responsibility by the way of the smartphone manufacturer either. I'm actually putting that onus back on the person buying the phone. And my advice is when you get that new phone and unbox it, take a minute, dive into the settings, play around with a few of them and see, you know, maybe if you feel your colors are coming out, your colors are coming out too warm tweak them a little bit and just be like, oh, right. my camera sucks. Well, does the camera suck or do you just not like the end product? And is it literally a dial you need to turn in a metaphorical sense to make it look right. like what you want it to do?
2: Yeah, I think Apple ships that auto mode, right? So you open the camera, you press it, it has all the settings automatically mm-hmm. done for you. And then all those dials like, you know, are getting into that meat. You know, there's not like a big manual that the iPhone comes with for no. right. So I think it's like so less likely people that, yeah. are going to just like go through those settings and and do that compared to maybe like an actual camera. Well, you know,
0: Cody, you just inadvertently segued us really, really well back into what we did come here to talk to you today was <laughs> a, a very specific camera. So, going back to that episode a couple of months ago, you may have heard in the intro that Eric and I, as a direct result of that episode, you may have heard us clickety clacking on our keyboards as we were wrapping up the recording because yeah. we were both independently looking up the same camera and then both bought that same camera just mere without moments discussion. later without we discussion. Yes. We didn't talk about
1: it. We just both ended up buying because we, you know, we had discussed the cameras of which. <laughs> Ones we liked and everything first and you know we kind of both landed on one and then found a deal and both and independently without discussing it purchased the same camera same which camera same lens very close to the same time and yep. yeah it was yeah <laughs> so
0: but cody real quick the what i what i said about being such a great segue you said something there because eric is much as everyone knows from that camera episode we did much more learned by default, but also has kept up with camera knowledge far greater than I. My last time really diving into, you know, the knobs and the dials was over a decade ago. It was part of my, my college, what I did, you know, during my college degree and some you know extracurriculars I did there as well. But it's been a long time since a camera meant anything more to me than whatever was in my smartphone. It's been, a, mm-hmm. you know, my only other camera, which we'll get to also is one that Cody now has because I, I sent it over to him when I got this Canon R6. But what I was gonna say, but you mentioned a manual, My knowledge was lagging so far behind. I said, Eric, I'm embarrassed to say there's a lot more knobs and dials here than I remember (laughs) being on my little rebel from 12 years ago. Um, Help. And he literally sent me a link to a a pocket guide for my camera so that in my bag, when I can't remember which one toggles the freaking autofocus on and off, I can just, you know.
2: Little old man over there with this with his with this flip book. Yeah, that's it's
0: a flip book. It's a literal spiral bound (laughs) cardboard flip book that but it has the knowledge that I don't in its pages. Mm -hmm. So that when I figure out how to do it and then don't take my camera out for two months and I'm like, gosh dog it where where is that setting? Yeah. I, can, I can quickly refer and not, you know, be texting Eric at 830 on a Saturday morning. Hey, man, <laughs> um, how do I adjust? The- <laughs> try to take this beautiful picture of a dove. How do I? <laughs> yeah. Quick,
1: before it flies away. Yeah. What yeah. setting Do try. I need to have this on? <laughs> yeah.
0: So I guess I, I kind of pulled the covers off a little bit. But Eric, you walk us through, again, independently, which is the most shocking right. part. What did we buy that fateful Friday afternoon? Sure.
1: So we were, we were digging into all things, you know, cause I, I originally, like we talked about in that episode, I went, you know, I used Canon a long time ago. Well, Pentax to start with, and then I used Canon yep. in film, film time still back in the olden days. Um, and then my digital camera that I used most often was, um, a Fuji that I had recently. And then mm-hmm. I just. It has a smaller sensor, APC size sensor. So we were, we were both looking at it and deciding, you know, like, I think that we should go full frame, you know, full 35 millimeter frame um, image sensor in there. Yep. It gives you more um, low light performance, better focus, all the, you know, all the technical mumbo jumbo. So we were looking through and and Canon always, you know, makes great cameras. So they had several levels of cameras that were out. They at the time they've released a couple more since then. But at the time it was the um they had the older ones that was the R and the RP, yep. which were the first ones that came out. So they were a couple years old already. And then they had recently released the R3, R five, and R six, which are in reverse order, there. So the R3 is actually their flagship camera, their big. That was the camera. hardest
0: thing for me to solve yeah, was the <laughs> numbers
1: are. I'm so used to
0: thinking Inverse. higher yeah. number good. Yeah, so. just
1: remember your f-stop lesson. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the um, and then the the R5 in the middle there is actually like a really pro level camera. The the R3 yep. is the one that you see people at like sporting events with, where you it has a grip for both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's got the it's longer, bigger camera, and then the R5 is more of your traditional shape camera, but it has a really high resolution, high megapixel sensor. In yep. it. And then the R6 has all of the AI and all of the focus and all of the everything that the other two have really high end professional stuff, but just has a lower megapixel sensor. It's a 20 megapixel sensor. So, and the price points, you know, reflect accordingly. Well. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the R6 starts, you know, over $2,000 and then the, the R5 starts over three thousand, and the R3 starts higher than that. I think it's it might over be or five, fifty yeah. like five hundred. So. It's it's, it's, very a, it's an expensive wow. piece of kit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or though, camera, Cody, so. no lens. Like that is yeah. the body it's just body for the only. kit. Yeah, just yeah. for, the body. for yeah. your five thousand dollars, you are not yet taking a photo. Just want to yeah. clarify.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. So we we landed on the R6 because um yep the you know, extra $1,500 got you what was effectively, I think it's like 10 or 15 megapixels or whatever it is more. And it was not the, the price justification just wasn't there No, with the fact that you can take a 20 year old 20 megapixel camera or 10 megapixel camera and still take fantastic photos It's the megapixels we talked about in that other episode. They don't mean everything. So mm-hmm. the the thing that I just, I went with that one because it seemed like the best Value for your money that you get from Canon, at least getting into their, um, their stuff. Because if you went with the older one, you could pay a thousand dollars and get the RP. Um, yep. but it's got a Digic eight sensor in it and mm-hmm. everybody, all the reviews out there say that when you compare it to these new ones, it's night and day like the focus and the I was just going to say
0: I'm going to end up bouncing in at really random times because again I don't I don't have the depth of knowledge as you do with the hard tech but from having used this camera for now a couple of months you just the focus you that is that was one of the most immediate standouts to me was I've I've never used a camera before ever that has the speed of focus and the speed of changing focus where if my subject is literally in motion i've never had something dynamically adjust and change focus on the fly it's one of those moments where you do realize it's a little bit humbling because i i come from a i'm a manual focus person like i just that was that was just one of my i like to be in control of the focus and i had to seed okay i cannot be as good As this can be like, if I'm, if I'm doing a very specific still shot, I still might play with the focus to go for some, right. Some intentional, but anything in motion, or if I'm just, you know, pulling and shooting that camera is better at it than I will ever be. And that's it's pretty crazy.
1: I, I mean, I've been taking photographs with an, with a camera that has automatic focus since to the year 2000. So I had my Rebel 2000 that had yep. autofocus built into it. It was uh-huh. a film camera and it, you know, it was great. We took it on our honeymoon. It took great photos, you know, but it was a, just a regular sort of autofocus that you're, you know, it would hunt. Sometimes you try to be focusing on something and it would grab focus on something else in the background. It wasn't intelligent at all.
2: Mm-hmm. This
1: R6 camera, and by extension, the R5 um the r3 and now the r10 and r7 which are the this, is the right? this is the mirrorless right this is These are all their mirrorless mm-hmm. line yep mm-hmm. the the focus on it is and i you know we've talked about it before with technology that's so advanced it's borderline magical like mm. it, yeah. i don't understand how it's as good as it is i i you can set it to have eye autofocus for humans and animals now it has two different settings so if you set it for human and a person walks in with their their back towards you walks into frame and then they turn around the minute that the corner of their eye is visible it snaps focus to their eye yeah if you have that setting on there immediately they can run towards the camera they can back up they can go side to side and that little box stays on their eye and focuses on them at all times And you can just sit there and keep focus on that person running all throughout your frame like magic. It's, it's, and I saw it in videos when we were, when I was researching before I bought the the camera and, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. These are, you know, promotional videos they are selling this thing. There's no way. It's absolutely like it is when you see in the videos. It's crazy how, how well it focuses. And I would go from, I would say probably when, when shooting people, you know, especially moving subject as well, probably from, because I'm not very good at that like a 40% success rate on an, on my older camera getting an actual in focus eyeball on the person yep. to probably 90% with this camera because it's, it's just it's it's insane how how it focuses so fast. And, and you know, of course, I flipped it over to animal and used it with my dogs and stuff as well. And they can be running at you and it will stay focused as they run towards you. You can put the continuous autofocus on and they will stay in focus at all times when they're running around like crazy. Yep. So yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah, it's it, like I said, it's borderline magic. And and the they've also they've got the thing too, which I'd never seen before on this camera. I'd never utilized something like it mm-hmm. before. The the touch screen on the back when you put your eye up to the, um, you know, the viewfinder, so you're looking yep. through like you normally would traditionally, you have to learn to hold this camera in a different way. Mm-hmm. I learned, I've been learning to hold it with my thumb on the screen, on the back, because your, the screen becomes a touchpad for your focus points. So yep. if you've got multiple people in the frame, you can use your thumb. And as soon as your thumb touches it, the square, the focus square starts moving around. Oh, wow. You your That's thumb. actually really yeah, cool. It, and then you it's... throw it over the person's face that you want in focus and uh-huh. then you hit your shutter button and it immediately focuses on that person. It's wow. it's incredible. Yeah, Cody, it's... I'll, I'll give an
0: example because you were there. So I, I took this camera with me. My whole thing was I wanted to have it in time for, we, we attended um, Dragon Con in Atlanta in September and, um, uh, Liberty weekend, I should say. And this is an event attended by, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 people. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of photograph, a lot of photo ops um, in, in that environment. But the challenge of it is oh, exactly what you're describing. There's a specific picture you're trying to take and you're surrounded by a sea of people. A, this camera just impressed the heck out of me. And that more often than not, it just knew it picked out the subject I wanted Easily more than 80% of the time, maybe more than 90% of the time. But Eric, what you're describing with that whole touchpad move on the back times where i had a very specific subject that wasn't obvious i even i can understand in the frame why that wouldn't be the obvious subject it would pick it was so easy once i changed my grip because you're right it is not yep. comfy at first because it's it, counter no, the way it's, we it's, all learn yeah to it hold would a never camera. held the
1: camera that way before nope. Yeah,
0: and um but the ability to just literally flick your thumb to the side and zero and zero in because we're so used to using touch pads to begin with like that that Absolutely. is second nature to us to use a touch surface to you know to move an object. So once I realized this is nothing but a glorified mouse pointer, that was incredible to literally in shot. There could be, there could be a hundred people just in the frame of the shot that I'm taking and to be able to that quickly say, no, I want that one. And going back to the speed of it, it's not like I had to wait for it to figure out what I wanted by the, I couldn't, as soon as move my thumb off said touchpad, and everything was already fully locked in focus. And I was ready to shoot. It's just, it's the performance considering this is like, to your point Eric, Two full steps away from the top of the line, like yeah. not even the one beneath. It's two full steps. Away. It's just incredible what the performance is, and I'm yeah, sure the, that the, digit the... processor is what makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, the quality was really good. Some of those wide shots you had taken, like you could just zoom in on any point in the photo, yep. and it was crystal clear. Like it was, it was very impressive. Right.
1: Which, which is also impressive with the fact that it's only a 20 megapixel. The lower photo. megapixel sensor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So you know, it's it's like I said, it's it's amazing what the camera can do, and then. You know, like we talked about it a little when we were pre-potting, but I, you know, we went out and bought these, we bought the cameras and we bought a 50 millimeter, the, the Canon 50 millimeter lens, which I told John, like, you know, the best way to learn or get back into photography is to zoom with your feet. Like don't go yep. out and get a zoom lens. So we both got the 50 millimeter lens cause they're like, 100 and change 180 so, bucks you know it's yeah, not yeah. they're not that expensive and but they're and i was already taken out by the freaking camera <laughs> so yeah, exactly <laughs> so you know i had that on i think i i had that 50 millimeter on my camera for a couple of weeks yep. and i'm like okay i'm ready <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> and i went it's right time. back on and dropped you know another A sum of money, yeah, sum (laughs) of money. On but what did you
0: get, Sarge?
1: Yeah, I got a twenty-four to one hundred five f four lens. So they have their flagship lens. They've got two actually now, but the the one above that is they've got the same thing. I think it's a twenty-eight to seventy or twenty-four to seventy f two point eight, which means the iris opens up, you get more depth of field, yada yada yada. It it almost it more than doubles the price to go from an f4 to an f2.8 which is essentially one to one and a half stops of light somewhere right. in the, you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. 3.5 is a half stop and i think you know yeah so it's like one and a, one one and a half stops of light on there you know difference mm, between you know, i loss. couldn't justify paying double and yeah. losing some distance because yep. it only goes to 70 rather than 105 so i was like and you, you were know, really like have... in it
0: for the distance shot it was really your intent yeah, I mean, with that because to begin with
1: my my future self is thinking what I'll end up doing is my next lens will be start at 100 because they have, they have several of them. You can get a cheaper they one that's 100 to, 100 to 400 and then their more expensive one is a 100 to 500. So, you know, I could get either one of those and then have a, you know, 24 to 400 with two lenses, which is, you know, not is, is a good distance yeah. to have. I just would be missing the real wide you know 18 they've got one that's like a 14 to 35 or something like that that would be like the wider range of And yeah. so you'd have the entire focal length cover with three lenses from them it's just that when you go to the 2.8 they get really expensive but speaking of magic this is the <laughs> next magic point that i wanted yeah. to touch on so the 50 50 millimeter lens as that's, that's what john shot with yep. the whole time that he was at dragon con it focuses so fast and very yep. very quietly that you know, it's faster than anything I've ever had on my camera before mm-hmm. until I put on <laughs> that 24 to 105. And it the difference is the 50 millimeter has what their less expensive lenses has in it for a focus motor. It's called STM, which yep. is basically a, I think it's screw turned motor, I think is what STM stands right. for. or something yep. like that. So it literally has a screw in there that the, you know, rotates electricity goes into it. The screw turns mm-hmm. physically turns in there mm. until it focuses. And then you get your focus. So it's a screw turns back and forth. So it's a mechanical mm-hmm. process. So there's I was a gonna little, say
2: mechanical. Yeah. There's
1: a little whine, Like you hear a little, you know, yep. when it focuses, cause there's a little, you know, and then, the more expensive lenses, this twenty-four to one hundred five f four is an L series lens. It's got the little red band around it, which makes mm-hmm. mean, means it's really expensive. So it has that, <laughs> but it all but it also has a USM motor in it, which is an ultrasonic Sonic motor. motor. Yep. So I believe that it has like it's almost like two plates in it that are can be magnetically charged different ways, so that it turns and rotates depending on the charge that the it charge. Gets. And it is is fast, faster than way faster than the 50 millimeter, which is insane because that thing was already hard to comprehend
0: in the first place. Yeah,
1: And and it is 100% silent. You can't hear it. So I put that on the camera and I hit the focus button and I'm like, what's going on with this thing? I didn't realize (laughs) it was already focused instantly and made no sound. I was waiting to hear the focus sound and I had turned off the focus beep. Right, because it gets annoying after a while. I didn't oh. want my camera to beep every time it locked focus. So yeah. it doesn't do that. It just the, the little icon in it goes green when mm-hmm. it focuses. And I wasn't really paying attention. I just wanted to see it come into focus, but it was like it was happening so fast my eye wasn't catching it. And it was completely silent. So...
2: It that's was awesome.
1: Yeah, Canon's done. And I mean, the other manufacturers do this as well. They all have their version of this technology. Yeah, it's, it's but, not
0: meant to be a plug specific to Canon yeah. because that's just the cameras and lenses we happen to right. have. But it's yeah, more of the statement got, yeah. the technology across the industry, with certain creative decisions along the way, has reached this level of wow. Like to me, it's just yeah. that's it's just incredible how far it's come in a relatively short time. Eric, real quick on that lens, because something else you educated me about while we were going through the, the lens. Yeah. process and because i already know what the next one i want to get i don't recall the one you ended up getting was it you educated me about what l series glass sure is is, is it did you end up getting an actual l series lens did. or no yeah you did. i got okay. the l
1: series i got the red band on there so they had two <laughs> they have they have a 24 to 105 f4 which means as you zoom in no matter how zoomed in you get it's still an f4 it still lets in that same amount of light to your film plane um the other one that they have is a twenty-four to one hundred five, and I think it's like a five point seven to eight point something or, or whatever. So that means at twenty-four right. millimeters, it's five and change f-stop. And then as you zoom in, the amount of light getting to the film, the film sensor, the you know digital sensor decreases. Sorry, you know, old you story. showed your gray um, there, Sarge. And, <laughs> yeah. <I know>. Um, <laughs> it. It the amount of light decreases as you zoom in and that's, and that's very typical of less expensive lenses. They all have right. a variable F stop. You yep. always pay more for a, a consistent you know, F stop through the range. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I I got the, the F four throughout the range version. Cause I, I was tired of buying cheap glass. I wanted to, like we talked about in the other episode, you know, date the body, marry the glass. I wanted to invest in the glass because eventually I will upgrade this body and when I do, I'll get another Canon, forward. I'm going to take the lens with me because it's still going to be a fantastic lens. So,
0: so uh, yeah. is, is cameras and lenses,
1: uh, one of the earlier examples of format lock-in? Yeah, it very, absolutely. <laughs> it is because when you think about it, it, it is an investment there. You're, yep. you're making an investment in your guts. Cause the thing is the EF lenses that Canon has had since the eighties. Yep. Um, Still work. They will work on our R series cameras. You just have yep. to get a little adapter, adapter to go area. on it. Yep. And once you put that adapter ring on there, the entire line of EF lenses works on it. So if yep. you know, 15 20 years ago, you dropped two grand on a really nice L series lens. Guess that you what? Love the look of. You yep. just put that adapter ring on there and throw it on the new camera, and it works just the same. So it's an investment and you, you do it. It is a, for, it's a format lock in 100% because yeah. you, you're, you're settling all in things. a brand, like, yeah. you know, if people, people talk about like, okay, I'm jumping ship, I'm switching and they'll sell everything. But you know, you're always losing money because
0: yeah, I, I just watched you do it. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. I watched yeah. your
1: eBay page do what I mean, so. right. yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, luckily I didn't, I wasn't that in too deep the, in. Uh, yeah. yeah, the Fuji stuff. I had a lower tier camera with you know a decent lens that I had for them, but it was yeah. you know I had like two lenses in one camera body, and and that was it. And then you know, but I've already spent three times more on this Canon stuff than I did on yeah. all of that. So yeah, you know, but it's so, you know get, it takes great in, pictures. Yeah,
0: I mean get, getting in the weeds of the camera itself for a second. Yeah. So one of the things that I found daunting out of the box was realizing. Let's just assume I forgot nothing since, you know, school, which is not true. I've forgotten most of it, but let's just assume for a second that I forgot nothing. I still would have been very unprepared, ill prepared for the amount of features and customizations you can do on this, on this piece of tech. And I think that's worthy of mentioning as a gadget, going back to our original press uh, premise of these cameras are gadgets in the truest, truest sense. Um, uh, you'd struggle actually to hand me any other gadget in the office I'm sitting in right now that had more on device customization you can do to it between knobs and dials and switches and even the digital menus go on for countless pages of things you like, can do
1: eight or nine, eight or nine sections with two to four pages per Each. section yep. in, inside the camera settings.
0: Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, Eric, if you wouldn't mind, you know, walk walk us through like your your golden setup. Like obviously you can tweak it based on the environment or what you're going to shoot, but like highest level, what is your like th- of these five main dials this is where they live if I'm just going to pull and shoot something.
1: Sure, yeah, and and that's the great thing about this camera is they didn't used to have this in the past. They built right. it in. So on the top, there's the dial that you always get on on any camera back to DSLRs. It has like your green square, uh, which yes. is fully automatic. Fully auto. Point and, shoot. and then there's and then there's P, which is program mode, which means it's going to be it's going to do fully automatic. But then each of the dials on the different camera will adjust the different settings, and then all the other settings will auto adjust around them. So if you check it and it's you know giving you an F eight but you want more depth of field you can dial the button that handles the f-stop and then the shutter speed and and everything and the iso will all adjust so you still get an in you know a good a good exposure so it has all that you know and then it has you know the aperture priority mode and the shutter priority mode where you just adjust the one and it does it all automatically and then on that same dial on the top there's now c1 c2 and c3 built right in which are your custom settings so you dial it to c1 you go through those billion pages of menus, you set <laughs> your, your, custom, you set your yeah. settings, and then you go in and you say, you know, C1, rem- like, you know, memorize or whatever the mm-hmm. lingo is. I forget. And it locks in all those settings you currently have to C1. And then every time you turn your dial to C1, boom, you're, you've got your settings. And this hasn't been a thing you said. Well, it on some of the more recent cameras of the God, last okay, yeah. few years, it was not on the last camera that I had, I did not have a a, a custom mode programmable custom button. Yeah. That sounds like it saves so much time. Yeah. So it, um, uh, my settings, as you were saying, Don, I have all three of them programmed. So what I have, so C one is people for me. So I have it set for, um, to on face detection is on and I, I auto focus is on it's on continuous focus and you know, and then some, I have it doing raw, you know, I'm not doing JPEG photos. So I have it doing raw all the way through there yep. and all of that. So I don't have any of the, cause you can do different JPEG settings. Like that's a lot of the menu settings are once yep. you get you, I want JPEGs, but I want them to be vivid with, you know, this number contrast, this number clarity, whatever. And you can set all these individual settings that make the JPEGs come out different in the end from the Canon standard or whatever. So yep. I didn't do any of that cause I'm shooting raw. And then, uh, C2 for me is, um, is animals so I set it for animal eye autofocus so if I'm out doing wildlife shots or whatever I can pull it up to my eye and it will focus on the squirrel that I'm pointing at kind of thing you know or a bird mm-hmm. or whatever and the great thing is you don't have to get in there and fiddle like if I'm out shooting a person and then a bird lands next to me all I got to do is go click to c2 and point it at that bird I can snap the picture and then click back to c1 and I'm right back to shooting people yep. again which is yeah, which great. is pretty amazing and then c3 for me is sort of like a general setup that i did that i'm still fine tuning because i'm going to use it for landscape photography for um but i have you know i I really enjoy architectural photography but i also enjoy like vast landscapes and stuff so i haven't honed it one way or the other it's sort of general where i can do both of those relatively easily just by turning it to c3 i might hone it in a little bit more as time goes on and as i learn because again i've had this camera for months now i'm still learning about learning. some of these menu settings mm, i mean there's just yep. so much to it so yeah so yeah i mean i've got those custom settings are in there it's on the you know a lot of times when i'm out shooting and i just pull it out of the bag i throw it onto program mode and then take a snapshot and i'll look at it and if i'm not shooting something that's fleeting you know like a bird that could fly away or mm-hmm. something i'll see i'll take a look at the photograph on the on the lcd screen on the back and i'll notice oh it was a little you know the depth of field was too shallow or you know, whatever right. and then i'll and then i'll adjust from there in program mode and take another shot you know yep. of whatever my subject was at the time but if i'm out shooting something specific like people or animals or whatever then i'll use my custom mode out of the gate and, and yep. shoot that way so
2: makes sense yeah, very nice. Yeah, that's that's pretty helpful with those custom modes. I mean, that saves yeah, a lot of time for sure. from you having to retool. And like you said, you could just switch on the fly and actually get the shot that you want. That's unexpected. Yeah, it's
1: it's, it's I've never been able to switch between different modes that fast that before. way. Mm-hmm. You know, c- completely custom modes like it is. So right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: The other kind of very in the weedsy feature that I I oh. thought this is this is going to like John the computer guy like thing that jumped out at me as I thought it was really cool is and this has probably existed in cameras of this tier for a long time but I thought it was interesting was the dual um, SD card slot
1: yes. where you can use yeah. that
0: as yeah. it's, so it's existed it, for a little while ex- in
1: pro level like the higher right. end cameras yeah
0: yeah because correct me if I'm wrong here because I'm you know I've still shame on me I've only put one card in you can yeah. use that as kind of overflow expanded storage mm-hmm. or as effectively an onboard raid right or you can have it back correct. up in real time
1: Yep. So yeah, you can, you have multiple uh, ways that you can set it. You can set it to, um, raw on one card and JPEG on the other. So when you take a picture, you get raw on one and JPEG on the other. Really? Sure. Yeah. Yep. And, and then, or you can set it to a raid, like you said, where you get yep. an exact copy. So on depending both. on what your settings are, because you can shoot raw and JPEG together. And if you have it set that way, you'll get raw and JPEG on both cards. Got it. You know, or you and can use set it up so all that one space. Each, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it would have a, a copy so if one of your sd cards fail it's okay i got another and in you, you pull yep. it and and that's really good if you're shooting something important like somebody's wedding right you, saying, know, like and a you wedding, don't want yeah, it to blow yeah. up on you and that kind mm-hmm. of thing you, you can choose those options and then yeah so it has the or or like you said you can use it as overflow so you can use it where i'm going to shoot, shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and when i fill up this card it's going to start on the next one and and fill that one up yep and you know which my god i had it with a 20 megapixel photo and you put a you know i have two 128 cards in there right (laughs) you know 256 gigs of 20 megapixel photos i can take literally 10,000 20,000 photos photos really <laughs> yeah cool. i'm never gonna fill up the well
0: card. except because that just reminded me of another feature um the burst photography. now again there are oh, higher yes. levels yeah. for sure but even at a camera of this tier the burst photography capabilities still impress me uh you yeah, can just it's tommy gun photos with
1: this thing yeah that's absolutely awesome. incredible
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's it's, a, it's kind of insane how many photos you can get per second on this camera and now and how it stays I, in focus. Like he came
0: full yes. circle back to focus, but that is mm-hmm. just incredible. It's a, it's a magic trick yes. to me, really.
1: Well, yeah, it do because... video
2: that model you guys have? Yes, it oh, does. Oh, does. Okay. We'll get to it
1: video 4K, absolutely. It does 4K24 um yep. on there with uh 4420 in camera and if you plug in an external HDMI recorder, right. it'll get 422. So which is like Oh nice. really high-end broadcast stuff. It's not, you know, you could go on the red cameras, you can go four, 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 which is like the ratio of like all the, it's how big special. the files are. Yeah, It's going to you know. be, yeah. But you know, it's in, it's also how many colors are in it, you know, yes. you know billions of colors depth or trillions depth. of colors and yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. but, you know, but yeah, you can for sure on here. Very nice.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the, the the burst stuff was really, really uh, just impressive to me because I the first time I did it, it was an it was an accident. Like you had told me about it, but I kind of like in one ear out the other. And then right. I genuinely just held the button down too long and it went into burst. I'm like, holy cow, that took a lot of photos. And I started flipping through them and every single one because it again, by luck, it happened to be a moving object that I was mm-hmm. shooting at the time. Every single picture in that series of the moving object were fully in focus. Right. I was absolutely just
1: yeah that's one of the cameras superpowers for sure is is how good it is at tracking for continuous autofocus it's insane like there's people who use it then you know a lot of times they'll use the the higher megapixel like the r5 but it like you know it has the same algorithms it has the same engine it has the same chips in it it's just a larger mega megapixel sensor so they'll use it for like motorsports Right. So they'll, you know, they'll have those like rally cars coming around corners just shooting shoot by high speed like 300 yeah. pictures as it comes around the corner at them. And like one, the cars in focus and the backgrounds blurry because they'll literally they get to move pick out the, the camera one yep. and track the car as they move the camera and it'll stay in focus. But the background will be blurred because they're moving the camera, mm-hmm. but the thing stays focused on the, it's, it's insane. The, the kind of stuff that you can get from that. Yeah. So that's awesome.
0: The, um, the last thing feature wise, I wanted to both point out and ask Eric to describe because again, he pointed me towards it was, um, I mentioned these things have wifi in them and there's a couple of yep. reasons for that. But one is there is a companion smartphone app for these cameras that again, I was going back to Cody when we were, when we were at con, I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I really wanted to, I wanted to get some photos off the camera quickly and didn't have my laptop with me. And then I remembered Eric saying something about this, this app and like, let me give it a shot. And I mean, was it like, was I two taps away from having my photos? No, like you do yeah. have to like play with it minutes. a bit, but yep. still a few minutes later, I had the pictures on my phone in a place that I could use them and get them in someone else's hands very, very quickly. Like that was, that was really cool to be able to do that mm-hmm. on the fly, literally out in the field.
1: Yeah, you sent me photos. I messaged you and I'm like, are you using your camera? Send me photos. And like, you were able to send me photos from your phone, like a whole group of them that you took on the camera that you'd been able to transfer to the phone. So yep. yeah, it's pretty impressive how quick it is. I mean, you basically, you yeah, know, you have, go in. And
2: you have no laptop. I mean, that's worth right. it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you, you go in and you pair it to, you know, the camera, like you, you, um, turn the camera on, you, you tell it you want to pair and it starts its own little wi-fi network yeah you join mm-hmm. the camera to the wi-fi network and then you're able to transfer photos yep. to the phone very yeah, easily and it's, it's pretty cool yeah and and the other the other big thing too that i know you you may not you may not know it does john or, or you do and you you haven't thought about it in a while it, it, which is pretty cool you can plug the camera in with a usb cable to your laptop or do it wirelessly okay and and you can take a photo and it will instantly transfer to the laptop. Like you can have it loading the the pictures as you take them mm, in your laptop. So if you're in a studio environment, I was going to say, is that that, of, that's like yeah. studio,
0: like not only preview monitor, but just real time as they're coming yep. down, coming, d- in down like coming
1: up, you got your, you know, your Mac sitting there and it's just coming up in Photoshop. As you're taking the pictures, you can see them all there and are good. You can have your editor sitting there editing photos as you're taking. Them well, you know, the next time I'm doing my, my high end fashion so. shoots, I'll be yeah, sure exactly. to, uh, yeah, like we do, you know, if, <laughs>
0: yeah, by that, if, that, if by that, you mean pictures of my dog, then yes, there yeah, you um, go. Perfect. Porthos will look fantastic fantastic in, a, yes. in his next photo
1: shoot Porthos, the, the male model <laughs> that,
0: <Yeah>. absolutely not
2: <laughs>
0: uh, so i wanted to then you know jump over from our r6s specifically mm-hmm. to and i don't recall cody has been so long so the camera i gave you is i believe eric because you and i looked at it. i think it was a t2 it was either a t2 or a t3 um my my rebel that I that I yeah. ended up giving Cody and so this is you know for you the listener this I bought it in I want to say 2011 2012 like it was an old camera when I gave it to him and not a great camera the day I bought it. We literally bought it at work to take pictures of something for a project. And it just became a toy for me to play with after that because we didn't need it anymore. And we brought it to a few conventions. I would take a few photos here and there, different places we would go, but it never really got heavily used. So when came full circle to these R6s, I mean, full disclosure, it didn't have hardly any resale value. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't, but I also wasn't going to send it off to a landfill. So I'm like, hey, Cody, we're going to see each other next weekend. Do you want this camera just for kicks and giggles? And Cody said, yes. So, um, you know what?
1: Because we just what, done the camera episode and he's like, right? yeah, I want to take pictures. <laughs>
0: Why not? Because I too saw Cody absently uh, flipping through the website we were talking about yep. on the last. I'm like, before he goes out and buys some stinking camera, oh, he could at least find out if it's something he wants to do. So I just wanted to pick your brain. Like, what was it like, you know, picking up a, a, you know, I'm going to giant air quotes, here real camera, it mm-hmm. either for the first time in a long time. And maybe for you, I don't know for the, for, I don't know if you've ever had like a camera camera in the past, or if this was your first like purpose driven camera that you ever had that was your own.
2: Yeah. I've never had a camera before really. Like I just used like my phone if I ever needed anything. These um, kids. kids. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> whippersnapper. Um, and I wasn't really like a picture guy, like Growing up or anything like you know, right? You hear some people like, Oh, I had a camera in my hand since I was like six or something like that. But no, it's been like it sounds weird, but it's like you feel like, Oh, I've worked with most like gadgets and tech out there, mm-hmm. like I know how things work. I and, should like, be able to do this <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. So when you go out. And you like I'll I'll just bring it with me and I'll walk around downtown and I'll take a shot and then I'm like what the heck am I doing with this thing like <laughs> like, I, like you said the settings is like okay. what
0: does V yeah, mean I, <laughs> yeah
2: like I want to do auto because I want to take a, like a fine picture that I can actually like use look at but yep. at the same time you're like I want to like try to do something like interesting right. you're trying here.
1: to trying to make it yours you know? yep. so yeah. that
2: that's been like pretty cool just kind of you know trying to play with stuff it's it's time consuming right it's like Mm -hmm. i I didn't think it would be as like uh maybe not research intensive but like you have to look into a lot of things like you have to be like okay it's a very it's a very
1: intentional thing yeah Mm
2: -hmm. um so yeah kind of getting used to that aspect and then uh i think the the truest thing you said was the uh zoom with your feet thing like that was like that has stuck with me so much Mm -hmm. because i still like my
0: my, my r6 is sitting in front of me i have not jumped on the bigger lens yet a because i truly don't want to spend the money yet but b because i i i I have taken to heart what eric said i want to become a better photographer and i think Mm. one of the ways i'm going to make myself do that is to have to go out and come back to intentionality, intentionally take the picture I want to take, not just reach out and take it because I can Mm -hmm. from distance. Like if I see a really cool tree off in the distance, I need to go walk my happy butt over to that tree and take that picture and make myself get in the right angle and get the light and everything else and actually set it up and get the
1: photo. What you just described is the difference between a snapshot and a photograph. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, taking your camera out, putting it on full auto, and just hitting a button, snap and pray. You know, like <laughs> snap you know, hope, and pray. When I get back, hopefully, <laughs> I'll you know, have some yeah. pictures on here that are useful. Or intentionally going out, moving yep. with zooming with your feet, Cody, getting used to the dials, learning mm-hmm. what the different settings are and what they do when you change them, so that you can create a photograph intentionally from. The start to pressing the shutter button to putting it on your computer, reviewing it, making your little tweaks, and then having a photograph that you're proud of that was yes, this is what I was intending to take. That's the difference between a snapshot and a photograph. And it's, you know, and that's what you're talking about, Cody. It's feel it uh-huh. felt so different. It feels there's so much more to it than you thought because that's what it is. You're now working towards taking intentional artistic photographs rather mm-hmm. than snapshots document which, which again there's nothing wrong with it no going out and, and totally. just blowing off a thousand snapshots so you can document something and hold it in your memory that, that's extremely valid but you mm-hmm. know at the same time going out and intentionally crafting a photograph is also you know fulfilling to me anyway as the kind of person that i am intentionally creating that art is is fulfilling to me so,
2: yeah, I found that like, you know, I'm like, oh, that looks good. And you, you pull up the camera and you're like, that is not at all how I want this shot to look. And then it was yep. like, okay, I got to go closer. I got to go like, yep. so it was definitely interesting to be like, okay, I... what my eyeballs looking at right now is not what the yep. picture is going to pick up. And that's not even what I want in the picture. Yeah, yep. it's, it's interesting. I completely um, agree. Yeah, it was mostly like landscape stuff. I just took it with yeah. me like downtown. <laughs> yeah. and and stuff but no that it was like definitely that like okay this no actually no i don't like that i gotta go like across the street or i gotta go <laughs> yeah, like you know down the street it. a little more yeah, mm-hmm.
1: thinking like a photographer exactly that's yeah, right that's awesome
0: um speaking of thinking like photographers this is the last thing i wanted to come full circle to eric was you did also describe on that last episode you were working on getting your son his first camera, yes. um, and yep. through one of those websites, and I and I forget the name of it. Not it's a sponsor, eh? Yep. Yeah, not it. a
1: sponsor, yep. but they're great. Um, uh-huh. yeah.
0: but I, if I remember correctly, I don't think the hardware had arrived yet when we last talked about it, and you had kind of rolled the dice on how yeah. what the quality was going to sure. be, when you got it, and there were some some pleasant, I think, surprises in there when you got no, that. For equipment. sure,
1: yeah. I mean, again, not a sponsor, but KEH is a fantastic website. I they have several levels of quality when you buy their used gear from them, all the way from you know, like new LN and then they have like LN minus and excellent plus and excellent and excellent minus, And it kind of goes down through all the way to, um, parts only, you know, like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You just use it for parts. But above that, the, they have levels that are covered by their like 90 day warranty. And the bottom level that's covered by their 90 day warranty is bargain. It's a, it's a bargain. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got him a Canon, um, what was it? uh, 10 D yeah. Canon 10 D. So it's a 20 plus year old camera. It's old, you know, it's, uh, I think it's like a six megapixel or something like that camera. Yep. It's, it's very old. Um, and, and I got them a 50 millimeter lens. Yep. I, I paid Nifty more 50. for the lens I yep. paid because I got a new EF 50 millimeter lens and I paid more for the lens than I did for the camera. I ended up paying like, I think either 35 or $45, for the the ten D oh, body wow. from KEH in in their bargain level, and when I got that camera here in my hands, it looked new. Yeah, like there mm. were no scratches on the screen on the back. It's like a little postage stamp size screen because it's a <laughs> yeah. the LCD screen. It's <laughs> tiny. It doesn't flip out. Doesn't flip around. Doesn't do anything fancy. But it's just a little screen. Yeah, but I had, had a screen, so sort of what you took a picture of. Um, but you know, it had that. There was no scuffs on the body no um no scratches no, no i mean it looked brand new it looked completely brand new it was it was amazing and he has gone out with me and several times over the summer and you know into the fall and everything now we've gone out and done like picture outings together where we just go out and take pictures of stuff and then there's a um a website out there called elo uh which is a social media site specifically for artists so you can go on and post photographs or post you know, pictures or scans of your drawings or whatever. And it's a community of artists to celebrate other artists, basically. So you just upload your stuff and people, you know, will look at it and, you know, give you thumbs ups and, you know, share your photos. It's very social media, but it's all art focused. So I got him an account on there and he uploads his photos and he has people, like and comment on his photos that photos. he's taken, and he's just completely thrilled by it. He absolutely yeah. loves awesome. it. He enjoys going out there. I'm sorry. It's LO. It's oh, okay. Um, L-O. I think it's, it's either E, you think it's E L L O. Okay. And like hello. Yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. And and it, and it, the not the to be confused with be aloe,
0: the ruinously failed. Google. I'm sorry. Um,
1: <laughs> they, I think the the website's audit. I think it's like a .io website. Yeah, you know, as right. so it's you know something like awesome. That. But though. but yeah, it's it's um it's it's a cool site, and you can go on and you know post your photographs. And he's you know he's really enjoying it, and and the camera works for him. It it's the perfect level for him to to learn on it was an early days digital camera so it doesn't have the explosion of dials and menus that RS has it still has some but it's not anywhere near as complex so it allows him to kind of baby step his way into um, digital camera photography and everything which is which is pretty cool much like I did you know with film photography back in the day with a fully manual pentax k2000 camera this is sort of the equivalent of that these days so and he's and he's really been enjoying getting out there and taking photographs which is pretty cool i'll I'll eventually get him an upgraded camera i'll probably go back to keh and you know can drop a couple hundred dollars there and get a camera that's only four or five years old that Mm -hmm. would you know the quality difference between them is insane. I don't even think this ten D had a DIGIC processor in it yet; like they hadn't invented that yet. Right. <laughs> so with all the with all the post processing and everything that it does, yep. so once you get into the cameras that have those, it they start speeding up and they start doing more stuff with the photographs, like with we that. talked about. So we'll yeah. get there eventually as he as he learns some more. But yeah, it, it worked out well. So it's not a bad site to go to. Just don't get anything below bargain, or it's not covered by the warranty. Is all. So that's right. yeah. to out for.
0: So our definitely. little, uh, solid state consumer yeah. tip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that is awesome. I just, it come bringing it full circle too. I just love it when there's an opportunity for, we've obviously spent our, our life, the bulk of our lives, definitely our careers knee deep mm-hmm. in tech that be construed as a gadget, but typically for work or some kind of, you know, purpose like that. I am obviously and will never be a professionally compensated photographer of any kind. This for me anyway is truly a 100% for the love of it use of of a gadget, of, of a piece of tech that, you know, I, I no part of my job even involves going out and taking this type of a photo if I'm taking pictures it's for like a site survey or you know I, oh, like my my iPhone is going to always be that camera you know what I'm mean? John mm-hmm. you are
1: just stop here for a second you are 100 a legitimate photographer do you want to know why why is that because one it's of your figure. photos is hanging on my on wall on your wall as soon as I, I sit framed it, it like, and it's on my wall so great, great one of the ones form. that he took at at con I really yep. it, it was very similar to a photo that I took so but had enough differences mine is all straight lines architecture photography his is all curved lines architecture photography so yep. they, they're both printed in black and white and i have them up on my wall so john's a john's a legit photographer oh, you. very yeah. nice one
0: one of one um <laughs> you know, hey, so, 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 a thousand man yeah C- cody i can i can easily for you paint the paint the picture pun again intended it is a um straight up shot looking up from Mm -hmm. the center of the Marriott marquee. So up through the rib cage, as we call it up to to the top of the hotel. And it was a, it was an accidental shot. Um, I, I met the, uh, the exposure and Mm. it, it way overexposed on me. And it literally looks like, the Marriott plus heaven equals I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, like it's, it's really just it's this glowing. Glowing.
1: Perfect. Yeah. And, awesome.
0: and yeah. And when treated, when given black and white treatment, like Eric gave it. And the, actually, Eric, I'm glad you reminded me because that was the last thing I wanted to touch on in this episode was stepping away from the cameras. I do think it's interesting that while we are producing more pictures societally than ever, I don't have numbers to back this up, but I have to believe we are printing probably fewer photos oh, yeah, on, on scale, or at least mm-hmm. ratio by ratio than mm-hmm. ever. And I want to yeah. talk real quickly about, cause again, and also to intentionality, you had very intentionally picked out two photos. One, you took one that I took that you want, that gave the black and white treatment and that you wanted to get printed out, but you went through a very interesting process to get it done just so. And sure. I thought that aligned really well with the Call it what it is. I don't need this R6. Like to say this is an yeah. over the top device for me is the understatement of the of the week. Like, it is it is so over the top of anything my skill or my need meets, but I wanted to go all the way in on this, you know, adventure. And I think what you did with these photos is something very, very similar because you could have just easily had the corner Walgreens print up these pictures yep. and mm-hmm. been fine. Mm-hmm. Sure but you yeah, didn't I mean, want fine. You got something very, very unique and very, you know, right. interesting, I thought.
1: Because I, I got I got one foot in the hipster realm. I can't do anything <laughs> regular. So, exactly. you know, it, it's, I, like I said, growing up, you know, camera in my hand since I was six, like Cody said. No, like when I was in high school, I <laughs> uh, we I was taking pictures on film. And like I think I talked about in the last episode at my high school, there was a dark room and I learned how to actually blow up and print pictures on yep. photographic paper. Uh-huh. So I I wanted to see, like, what's the process for getting pictures printed now digital pictures printed is it the same and it it, it very it kind of is a lot of them are printed on like inkjet printers and things like that but there are people out there who are still printing digital photographs in a traditional way on traditional medium they they project the image onto photographic paper and expose it just like i would have with enlargers back in the day in the room with you know has a light bulb that shines through a lens right then increases the size of your negative onto, you know, and you zoom in, in and out to get the size on the paper you want. And then you go through your exposure and get your exposure right on the paper and you know, all that magic. So there's still people doing that. So I, and I wanted black and white specifically. And one of the old school, like the best quality black and white prints were done. Like Ansel Adams printed them on this. If you don't know him, look, right. it up. he has an amazing landscape photography. Um, they were printed on what's called silver gelatin paper. And it's just how the, Silver crystals are, you know, on the paper, and this is the process mm-hmm. they use for all that, and it's it's archival quality paper, which means you know it doesn't fade over time, it lasts a lot longer. It's the kind of stuff you'd see in a museum, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a company that's made 35 millimeter and other films Are forever. you saying
0: it belongs in a museum, Eric?
1: Yes, it <laughs> belongs in a museum. Exactly. <laughs> um, it it um, they they run the black and white paper the same, so it's like projected onto the paper and then they develop it in developer and put in the fixer, just like I described before. And then you get a really high quality black and white print that will last forever. So, um, this company that made the 35 millimeter and other films called Ilford and they still, you can still buy 35 millimeter film from them, you can go out and get a roll of 35 millimeter black Mm -hmm. and white Ilford film and send it to them and they will develop it and print you your regular prints and everything from it. But one of the services they also offer now is digital black and white prints on silver gelatin paper. So, and, you know, and they're not, crazy expensive they're more than like the corner walgreens would be Mm, like a but i got these pictures printed in 10 by 15 the size was 10 by 15 which is the right ratio for a digital image for a 35 millimeter image it's the it's three by two for the Mm. the ratio so it's um that you know didn't have to crop anything or whatever the picture that we had in the camera was what went on the paper so i sent them into them i think they were 1999 was the price of the print plus like sure. a couple bucks for shipping or it's whatever. And you know, it wasn't too bad. It took a little while. Um, I think they did them in batches cause Badges. I ordered them about two weeks apart, but I got them both on the same day. So they were printed and shipped on the same day. So right. I think they batch them up once they get enough, they do a run of all their prints and then send them and package them and get them out. But the quality was amazing. Um, you know, the pictures are sharp. They're perfect contrast, black and white photos. They look, they look fantastic. So, and it was it was in inter- it was interesting to go out and research and see who's doing it. There aren't many people doing it. There's several. There's a few other houses that I saw that were printing on sil- silver gelatin paper. They were much more expensive, right? Like to the top two and three times more expensive sometimes for some of per these print. some of yeah, these places. Yeah. It. So it was, yeah. you know, and and Ilford is a name that I know because I've actually shot with their black and white film before. Mm-hmm. I you know I used it. So it was like, oh, I know these guys, and you can't exactly you know, Kodak doesn't do it as much anymore. They've got a few films still out there, but they don't do Mm. any printing anymore or anything like that. So you can't go with some of the old names. They just don't do it anymore. But yeah, they, it was was, like you said, intentional, like, you know, it was an intentional photographs that were taken and it was an intentional way that I had them printed. And, and I purchased frames with mats and everything for them from another company that with, you know, non-reflective glass in it and everything. So when I hang them up on the wall, they look really, really good. They're like, you know, museum quality prints yeah. up on my wall and they, they look awesome. So yeah,
2: that's amazing. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm very happy with them. So again, yeah, don't let John tell you he's not a photographer. <laughs> he is. He's is. he got oh. prints out there. Yeah, he does. Well,
0: he, well it's, it's definitely the, the, the tale of two very different photos because with Eric nearly getting kicked out of a museum to take his and uh, m- yeah, me... they didn't
1: like me on the floor <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
0: versus me just again, quite literally, messing up the shot and taking an overexposed shot that just turned out to be really really cool Sometimes that hits it right there that's that's what what i I mean that though it's interesting how two very different intents can produce very similar results that uh when put together i think are really really cool so yeah i think it worked out good so on on that accidental bombshell Mm -hmm. i i think will be a good place to wrap up for this week anything else you guys want to uh tack on there to the end Mm -hmm
1: nope just get out there and take some pictures everybody
0: zoom with your feet right cody yeah zoom zoom with you. your feet <laughs> all right well on that we will wrap it up and catch you next time later later